Hello dear friends welcome to Zenpod once again gives me great pleasure to welcome Dr Janki Santok to our studios Dr Janki Santok is a PhD in philosophy a lecturer author corporate resource professional and a public speaker Dr Janki studied Vedanta a full time 3 year residential program at Swami Parthasarthi's Vedanta Academy for the past 30 years Dr Janki has been full time into research and propagation of Vedanta Her service to society in the field of Vedanta has taken the following forms delivering weekly lectures on Vedanta and Gita author of the book how do you know what you know urging us to think because our lives depend on it she gives public lectures and webinars on practical vedantic topics dr janki has a youtube channel and her team and she have dished out over 150 videos which is watched worldwide she contributes to articles in prominent newspapers like the times of india on the speaking tree and dainik bhaskar she runs management training programs for companies such as the indian oil corporation gillette glaxo smith klein bharat petroleum the young presidents organization among others janki ji's logical and engaging sessions in vedanta and gita bring home the relevance of the ancient words to today's world her approachable style encourages questions and discussions and you will realize by the end of this podcast how she leaves you with more questions and urges you to think on why we lead the life that we do so gives me great pleasure in welcoming janki once more to sendpot welcome janki ji hello friends welcome to sendpot once again i have somebody who's spiritually uplifted already unlike a lot of us and uh, we're going to talk about uh, interesting subjects like vedanta and uh, uh, really the right way of leading life her method of uh, leading a fulfilling life and uh, janki welcome to the show uh, it's a Thank pleasure you. having you and really appreciate you taking time from uh, your busy schedule thank you my pleasure how do you define spirituality uh spirituality uh is defined actually in vedanta itself i don't need to come up with a new one or even english if we see the word religion uh religion comes from two latin words re ligare okay uh ligare means to join and re means again so to okay. join again so what are we to join again to obviously something that we have separated from Okay. So what is that thing we have separated from it is our own self. So our journey to rediscover our own self, mm-hmm. our divine mm-hmm. pure self is what religion is uh, all about divested of its dogmatic outgrowths of course. So religion spirituality is all about reaching back to your own divine self. the sanskrit word yoga comes from the word union yuj to join again so it's all telling us uh, that we have to join to get back to something we have to rejoin with our divine self wow beautiful beautiful in your opinion janki ji how can spirituality be tapped into for day to day living well I I think this is actually putting the cart before the horse in the sense that <laughs> spirituality is what is the it is what we use for our day to day living. Okay. There is no spirituality other than that. Okay. 
when you divorce spirituality or religion or um, anything divine from your daily life, that's mm-hmm. when the problems start. Okay. So living life properly, correctly, I don't mean by some moral rules, mm-hmm. but living it properly is is the path towards finding your own self. You have to just learn the art of living it properly. Living it properly means you live a happy life, a contented life, a progressive life. Uh, You don't go by uh, past conditionings. You apply yourself each time to the situation in front of you. Mm -hmm. You work for the welfare of all. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is... Religion basically gives you tools to help you live your daily life. And when it doesn't do that... That's when we become agitated, we become self-centered, we, we, we create general chaos and mess. You know, like that manja that gets, you know, and yes. applying a kind that manja that gets all, it, life becomes like that. That's when nice it is not led by that kite into something higher in life. Very nice analogy. Your trust with Vedanta and your journey, can you please let us in on it? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, I joined Swamiji full-time, Swami Parthasarthi, his Vedanta Academy, uh, and with him ever since, of course, in 1988, like wow. over 30 years ago. Yeah, wow. I was just, just stepped out of graduation, given my graduation exams, and then I went and joined the academy. I was... Uh, uh, you know, I was very convinced from like from my teenage years, I was very convinced that this doesn't seem right, you know. Like everybody told me, like, okay, as a teenager, I was confused, like all teenagers are confused. Right. I was I had lots of questions and all. And all the elders would tell me, Ah, this is all your teenage years. Mm. And then when you grow up, you won't have all these kinds. Mm. So then I was I used to look at the grown-ups like 40-year-olds and all. For me, 40-year-old was like very, very old person. So I would look at them and I would say, he's got to 40, but um, doesn't look like he's got anything. He still looks pretty confused to me. He doesn't know anything. And I look around and say, no, no, this is not right. That, you know, you finish your graduation and you, you do your post-grad and from a very educated family. So doing post-grad, you know, being very educated was right. like the done thing. And uh, then you take up a job or a profession. My father was a barrister, so, you know, I could have just joined his um, yeah, legal practice. And it said, no, no, this is not sounding right. Then you just take some work, you earn some money, you get married, you have children. This is not, this cannot be correct. This, I mean, nothing wrong in this per se, but this is not the full answer. So then I was hunting everywhere. I was like wondering. I read, uh, I was very fond of Somerset Mom at that time. So Razor's Edge. Yeah, yeah, Razor's Edge was a big influence on me. And I was wanted to be like him and go to Rishikesh and find out what is there, what is this thing. But my parents thought that was a rather daft thing for a 14 year old to be doing. (laughs) So that plan died. And, um, and then one day, uh, my mother took me to Swamiji's lecture, and then I heard him. And, okay, it was nice. He, he cracks a lot of jokes, and he was funny, and so I liked him. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I was chatting with her, and uh, I said, okay, what about this? What about that? I was asking her questions. 
She said, look, I don't know. Who oh, I find whoever knows and ask him. He was, oh. She was just fed up with my questioning. Wow. So uh, since we had gone to the lecture and invited come for another one. Okay. So I said, you know, this guy claims to know, na? I will ask him. So I picked up the phone and I called him. Oh my God, really? Said, really, really. He's wow. like, he claims to know, right? So I'll ask him. So then I picked up, I called him. So I said, may I speak to Swamiji? He said, speaking. My, my <laughs> speaking? God. I never thought that he's going to pick up his own phone. I mean, like, nobody does that, right? Uh, yeah. So I said, uh, I, then now I was completely like, uh, you know, so I said, I didn't know what to say. So I said, may I come and see you? And he said, yeah, sure. Uh, come tomorrow. Oh. I said, this is like really odd, you know. Yeah. He's like a big guy. He's right. famous. He's like, you know, he's have these thousand people listening to him. I'm just a college kid. What is, what's he doing? You know, I, I was too flabbergasted to know what to do with this. So I said, okay, okay. And we fixed the time for 9.30 tomorrow morning. Okay. And so then I went there. So, and then he said, you want to join the academy? I said, no, no, I don't join any academy. I just have a few questions for you. Okay. But by next Monday, I joined the academy. Oh my God. <laughs> it was pretty quick. Wow. So, so it was like, I mean, I wanted to know. I really wanted to know why is all this? What's going on here? And he seemed the only person to me who was giving any kind of reasonable answer. Everybody else was dodging the question or <laughs> finding the question silly or or just, you know, like saying, forget it, you know, what, or something like that. He answered every question I had. Wow. And I couldn't believe it. And I really couldn't believe that he picks up his own phone. In fact, yeah. even till today, today he's like 92. And he'll still pick up his own phone. Yeah. My goodness. That's amazing. Really? He picks up his own phone and like, you, you want to talk to him, he'll say, okay, come. He's got four full-time professions, but he behaves as if he has absolutely nothing to do. Wow. Yeah, and I thought, you know, that's wow. amazing because normally when you meet any celebrity, yeah. they never give you time. They, you, you try to get a doctor's appointment, they behave like, you know, come after three months. Like, right, true. But he is like, okay, tomorrow. Tomorrow? I'm not even ready oh. with my questions. And, and you were just yeah, a young so, girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was 21. Yeah, so, wow. Well, that's so I was quite amazed that, and so therefore, if you look at his life, you know, he's 92, he's still going all over the world, he plays mm -hmm. cricket. Oh. You see that, yeah, he plays cricket, <laughs> he goes jogging every day. Um, you know, so it, it's very... Uh, you have, if we live life correctly, then we can understand what he has always said, that aging is a myth. Okay. So you just live your life properly and you don't get anxious or tense. You don't know what the word stress means. You are never rushed or hurried. You have plenty of time for everybody and you are, and you are running an academy full, you know, that's a full time job for some people. He's an author. That's a full-time job for other people. Uh, he's a corporate uh, guru. That's a full-time job. Right. Like four full-time professions he has. And he behaves like he has nothing to do. Wow. Like, I mean, not that he has nothing to do, but when you talk to him, you never yeah. get the sense that he's rushed in any way or that he has no time for you. He has all the time in the world for you. So he's with you completely. All with the time. You completely. All the time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
and all this is going on till 92 this is, it's not like anything is reduced at 92 so so there is a way to live life a proper way of doing this and if we knew that way can you imagine humanity all of us like that yeah wow that would be fantastic that'd be like each one is just doing being the best he can be you know in competition with anybody else but yeah. you know somebody uh, different people have different abilities different skills different levels of skills we maybe you know every singer may not become lata mangeshkar but every singer can be as good as they can be and be as happy as they can be and as much growth as they can have so this seems like something the whole world should know about wow it's quite um, i'm still thinking about Swamiji, and I'll dive, I'll dive deeper into it. But before I get on to that next question, at any point of time, uh, Janki Ji, did you, it's been 30 years now since that, uh, you know, the fated phone call. Uh, have you ever had a second thought at all? I don't know what, what you mean by second thought. I've never had a second thought about Vedanta itself. Yeah, that's what, that yeah, that's it what had all the answers. I never doubted that. Okay. But yes, I have often, I have, you know, when I finished the course, I had these yeah. questions, should I do this full time? Should I sort of go back? One part of me told me, no way, to leave this would be mad. Oh. And one part mm-hmm. told me that maybe I should go experience the world in some way. Right. So right. I, I did go through all of that. And I not just once, but many times through the journey, I have had this thought that, uh, did I ever miss anything by um, sort of not going the normal way? Correct. Correct. But then from what I'm seeing, as the not older I grow, I'm, I feel that it doesn't look like I missed much. In the 20 <laughs> minutes, I can tell you you haven't missed anything. <laughs> oh. so, so yes, of course, there's always going to be doubt. There's always going to be wonder because that's our human condition. We... We keep wondering about things and all, but uh, fundamentally that that the Upanishads and that Vedanta has something that is a huge contribution to my life and to the life of every human being um, has just never been under debate. And once you start studying it, you say, my God, why don't people know this? Like yeah. how much simpler their life would be. Okay, back to Swamiji. You know, your journey with Swami Parsatiji, and it's been, it's been three decades now. Uh, demystify, okay, demystify, just... the, demystify the persona, the, the man. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I can't do that. He basically leaves his students alone. He just says, you do, I've given you the knowledge, um, so you go live what, whatever way you want. That's basically his thing. He's very, very detached as far as that is concerned. So if you go to him and ask for advice, he'll give it to you. But otherwise, he leaves you more or less alone. He says, don't come and hang around around me. You go live do whatever you want. And so naturally, nobody leaves him because he doesn't hang on to anybody. You know, he's the perfect parent, if you could say, because he lives the perfect life and he doesn't tell anybody to do it. Wow. Uh, which is just the opposite of most parents who will make all sorts of funny, you know, things themselves and tell their children, oh, you must do this and you must do that. Yeah. He's just the opposite. He never call you and tell you. And of course, as institution head, like head of academy, there are rules that you have to follow and things like that. 
even then he gives a very very long rope but um, suppose you go well beyond acceptable limits in rare cases he just calls you and he says leave now now this moment like you have to leave within the next half an hour like that yeah so he can be extremely straight even though he has given you a very in fact he gives you such a long rope because he thinks that growth has to be growth always isn't freedom growth can never be in um, in binding yes. yeah so he lets you have that freedom but if you don't sort of after multiple falls you are not able to understand where you're going wrong and correct yourself then you leave that's it and once he says leave there's no court of appeal there's no appeal you can go to you just have to go wow. so uh, he's this uh, unusual mixture of yeah. uh, total detachment and uh, and and able completely able to take whatever action needs to be taken re- with reference to the individual he's not like passive mm-hmm. you can't take him for a ride yeah Right. So, because his intellect is always working, unlike ours, you know, we get involved and then we get all confused and then we don't know what to do and then we get fallen to pity or something. None of that happens to him, as far as I know. I mean, I there's no way anyone of us can tell what goes on in his mind. And he's always been <laughs> always been always full of fun and jokes and all of that as well. um he sings songs he 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 limited people and you know he, he can be very funny to be with also uh he he's a great mixture of huge depth and mm. and lightness he, you know he holds his uh, himself lightly you said it so simply but i'm just thinking he's so deep right so uh, clearly uh, being in control of oneself i think is the biggest quality one can have And a, and a lot of us don't have it i'm sorry not about you at least i don't have it so no no nobody has it the way he has it his discipline is like it's unbelievable it's you know he has he's he now he, it, though it is a bit less but right. for 60 years of his life um he was never in one place for more than 3 days oh. he spent most of his life in airplanes my goodness so he would yeah i mean like just travel 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 uh you know all sorts of timings all sorts of people everything mm-hmm. but he did not slip up on 4 o'clock he gets up oh he writes his books yeah then he does his yoga then he goes for a jog then he has his breakfast he has his lunch every day at 1:15 and his dinner is not under his control because it's lecture and then people get yeah. out for lecture so his sleep his sleep time is not under his control but whatever is under his control is always the same thing my goodness now with that kind of travel it is yeah. so difficult to maintain discipline but he seems to do it and you can see the result he did it yeah. well and you know you get what you deserve right so look at what he is at 92 i wonder what we will be at 92 <laughs> And no lifestyle ailments, no diabetes or cholesterol, or no lifestyle ailments. Obviously, no. He's eaten properly. He's done his exercise properly. For him, this is just normal. What's so big in that? Yeah, he was just saying, "Yeah, what is the big deal, right?" Yeah. Oh, awesome. 
Janki, you are a regular at a lot of prestigious universities and I know you keep giving talks and you come on uh, panels and, and one question to you and um, you can choose whether you want to go deep into the answer or not, but how can students and you know young leaders be inspired to lean into, um, what should I say, the learnings from spirituality? Uh, the first thing that um, that we should understand is that life as it exists, it stretches out in front right. of us. So right. We must have some perception of what that is all about. Mm. And if we look around, we find that people aren't doing such a good job of it. Yeah. Uh, many people look upon poor people and think we should do some charity for them. Mm. They seem to think that only if you don't have money, yeah. you need help. That's not true, is it? It's not true. As if the rich don't require people to help them in, 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 in their lives. Rich. So uh, once you see that then, and you ask this question, how can I ensure that my life goes well, that I actually reach my full potential and I reach my potential being completely happy and satisfied within myself? If you can ask yourself this question, Mm -hmm. then your pursuit of that answer will lead you to the fact that the greater the unselfishness in an individual, mm -hmm. the greater his mental equilibrium. Oh. So if you look at anybody who works for a higher cause in life, you will always find a peace on their face. You find that such people never ask for vacations. Like Swamiji has not taken a vacation in his whole life. Okay, but if we don't take a vacation, we'll actually collapse. Correct. Because yeah. why would we do that? Because our mind has got sort of heated up with our work. And if we don't take a vacation, we'll collapse. Some companies actually pay you to take the vacation because, you know, the stress will build up so much. So if we are able to work for a higher cause, with a higher vision, with a, for something beyond merely my paycheck, beyond my big house and my big car and my fame and my name and, you know, beyond all this to something higher, greater, then I'll be able to be a very high performer in life. So you look at anybody who's done that, you'll see it. See Mother Teresa, what did she have after all? She just walked into a hellhole in Calcutta and took care of those people. And look at where, you know, like the whole world knows about her. What did Gandhi do? He left being a barrister. Sister was the highest education of that time to be from the inner temple or from the inns of court was like the eat. And he threw it. Can you imagine what his parents might have said to him? Yeah. He said, Pagalo, okay, I sent you there to such a good education and you just threw it and now you're working like this. But that made him father of the nation. And not only made him father of the nation, he was very peaceful through the whole journey. Yeah. Through its ups and downs, through the trials and tribulations. In his heart, there was peace. Just as there was in Mother Teresa's heart, in the heart of anybody who's worked. If you look at somebody like uh, JRD also, he builds, he builds up an airline. Absolutely. And um, he builds up everything. The government walks in and says, I'm taking your airline away and mess it up. Yeah. But he's able to take all this. Why? Because he works with the cause in mind. That's why Tata is where it is. True. Very, very, so, very we, we, Yeah. So as long as we are able to work for a higher cause, immediately our mind starts soothing. Ah. In fact, if you see the yeah. other way, it's very easy to see. 
every time we have been agitated, we just stop and ask ourselves, why am I agitated? Mm. The answer is clear, isn't it? Things mm. are not going the way I yeah, want. I want, correct. correct. If that I want wasn't there, there's no agitation. Yeah, true. So how do you remove the I want? By working for something higher. Wow. So when you ask the question, how can my life go well? How can I be, reach my potential and be happy at the same time? How can I be progressive and happy at the same time? Then you go hunting for some facts in life. And then you come to this fact. Then you get it once and for all. Interesting. Very, very, truly deep. Something that I'm, I, I was guilty of till 10 years back and a lot of, lot of us do. Thinking spirituality is for the gray head or when you reach 50. Can you dispel mm -hmm. the myth for us? <laughs> well, it's pretty obvious. If spirituality is meant to be a, a way of living life, you don't learn it at the end. You learn it at the beginning. So why would you do it at the end? Yeah, I, that's a great uh, answer. I'm, but I'm just thinking, yeah. yeah. Maybe because we didn't know that spirituality is a way of living. That's a, that's yeah. a problem. That's the problem. Yeah, we don't see it like that. We see it as something divorced from life, something, oh, good things, we must find time to do them. These are not good things that you find time to do. This is critical. It's like your oxygen. If you don't have this, nothing ain't working. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Relationships are not going to work. Work is not going to work. Correct. Parenting is not going to work. Health is not going to work. You have to have to know the way of doing this. You wouldn't you wouldn't run any equipment without learn, reading the manual. Yes. Why are you running your life without reading the manual? <clears throat> yeah, Swami Chinmayananda used to say this, right? So uh, he would always yes. say, yes, he used to say this. Um, you need the manual. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say, oh, my, my machine is broken. Now let me look at the manual. No, 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 this is not the time. Uh, you know, some, the next question is close to me and, and I've been practicing it, but, but you're probably the most qualified to explain. Leadership and spirituality, Jankiji, um, uh, please elaborate a little bit and explain the connection. More important in today's age and time. <clears throat> the, the biggest, single biggest quality a, le a leader requires is a higher vision in life. Okay. Because... For a leader to work well, mm -hmm. he needs his people to follow him. Correct. If they don't follow him, his leadership, there's no leadership there. Yeah. He, he can, of course, issue diktats and they have to do, follow his instructions, but that's not leadership. That's following diktats. Mm -hmm. Leadership is the capacity to create initiative amongst your people. Initiative is as opposed to incentives. When I tell my people, work, and then I will give you this much salary, and I will give you this, and I will give you that, you are incentivizing them, creating selfishness in them, and creating an inability to work. Correct. Yeah. Because after that incentive, that spurt yeah. from the incentive goes, yeah. then they're back to, you know, they don't even want this anymore. And you continue the incentive, it's no incentive to them. It becomes normal for them. So this is a no man's land. I mean, it's not getting us anywhere. It's a dead end street. So what we should be doing is learning to 
create initiative and initiative among people. That means they are following you. You are not doing anything. It comes only when you're yourself working for a vision higher than yourself. Even when the politician comes and asks for your vote, he doesn't say, make me prime minister. You know, he says, look, this is what we do for India. You know, or let's make America great again. But suppose he goes and he says, uh, you know, I'd really like to be the president, so make me president. <laughs> Nobody's voting for him. <laughs> so the only way you get the people to be enthused by it is by having a higher ideal. You can fake it, but if you do it really, you'll get the full benefit. Beautiful. So the, the biggest quality of spirituality is the capacity to open our minds to something beyond ourselves which is the primary quality of leadership. So when I'm able to work beyond myself or beyond me and my family to something higher, nobler, greater, it could be the corporation, it could be the community, it could be the country, it could be humanity, something bigger than yourself. And then people will follow. See, Winston Churchill, for instance, he was the best PM during the war. Best PM for Britain, not for India, but for Britain, he was the best PM. So what did he tell his people? He said, blood and sweat and toil and tears. You know, promised them. He said, you please give it to me. What did uh, uh, John F. Kennedy say? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So you see, every great leader has spurred on his people with uh, with a vision. And if he was himself true to that vision, he will be a great leader. True. If he himself was not true to that vision, then he will be a paper rose. Yeah, true. Awesome. Very nice. Uh, Vedanta. Uh, if, if I were to ask you to explain it to a common man or somebody on the road or on the street, how would you explain it, uh, Jankiji? Vedanta literally means Veda Anta, end of knowledge. Veda means knowledge, yes, and Anta means end. So it means gaining the final knowledge of life, which means enlightenment. But on a more relative level, it talks about gaining clarity. Because when you have clarity, all other knowledge can come to you. So it is the end of knowledge in the sense, in the relative sense, as getting clarity. When you begin to see things for what they are, you are able to deal with them perfectly because you understand what's going on. So Vedanta is clarity. In other words, it is about developing our intellects. The stronger our intellect is, the better we can deal with life, deal with our mind, and deal with other people. Wow, interesting. Before I get to talking about your book, and I like the topic of your subject, the the title of your book, but but before I get to that, uh, power of thoughts, and I know I've always believed thoughts are very, very powerful, but but what are your thoughts on this? Uh, there's a whole YouTube video that there is actually on our channel on the power of thought. Yes, it's a it's the power of thought is is very simple in our life. Our whole life is our thought. There's nothing else here. People say there's destiny and there's luck and there's God and there's this and there's that. There's actually only your thought. Your life is 
exactly according to your thoughts. What you did, what you didn't do is according to your thoughts. What you felt or didn't feel is according to your thoughts. So your thoughts are the prime mover of life. Okay, we keep saying, oh, my life is like that because my destiny is like this and God did this and God did that. In Vedanta, the word for destiny is the same word for nature. Oh, your, your, your nature is determining your destiny. So it is, um, the word is prarabdha. You know, your prarabdha means your nature and prarabdha means your destiny. So this is the same thing basically. And what is your nature but your thoughts? So your thoughts are your, the determiner of your life. So it's incredibly important that we analyze our own thoughts properly because our thoughts determine our life, but we have two types of thoughts. Mm. Or Vedanta classifies them. They're not like two boxes or something, but Vedanta classifies them as two types, mana and buddhi. Manas, mind, and buddhi, intellect. So manas or mind, man in Hindi, is is the irrational side of our personality, our likes and dislikes, our emotions, love, anger, greed, hate, jealousy, all of that is our mind. And then we have the intellect, which is our buddhi. So as long as we follow the buddhi thoughts, our life will go fine. But if we start doing without thinking, whatever our mind says, that's when our life starts going wrong. So let's say that you're a parent. Mm. It's your son's mm. final exam. You yeah. walk into the house mm. and he's watching television. Right. When, when that was his time to study. So you go up in flames. Yeah. So this mind of ours starts going up in flames. How dare you? You know how much I spent on your education. You're so irresponsible. You have no sense. You're watching television. This is the mind talking. So at that time, the filter of the intellect has to work and ask ourselves this question. Whatever I'm about to say, is it going to give me the result I want? I want him to study, right? So what I'm about to say, is it going to do that? If according to me, the answer is yes, then please go ahead. Yeah. Go up in flames all you want. But if the answer is no, what are you doing it for? You're not getting what you want out of it. So why are you doing it? So when we don't apply our head, then all the problems start, all the frustrations start. Then, then we get so tired, we say, God did this to me, or destiny yeah. did this to me, yeah. or stars did this to me, or the placement of the door in my house did this to me. Yeah. You must be joking. <laughs> there is an industry on it, mind you. There is an industry on everything nowadays. <laughs> Brilliant. And, you know, uh, so I'll come back to your book, and, and I'm, I'm just smiling at, at your answers because I mean, we are, we are talking about a very, probably the most complex uh, of subjects on, on earth. Uh, it is Vedanta, uh, philosophy, uh, whatever you call it, spirituality is a very complex topic. And you are talking as if you're, you know, I, I'm thinking like I'm in kindergarten and, and my teacher is speaking to me and you speak so beautifully. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just amazed at, at, at the way you're demystifying and, and I, I guess that's where you are, where you are. So I'm impressed, seriously. Um, your book, how do you know what you know? Please tell us more. I'm I'm intrigued by the by the, by the title. 
<laughs> yes, this is a basic epistemological question that we are all so certain of so many things. Yeah. So why are we so certain about it? Have we ever thought? We are clear that this is it. But how do you know it is it? Have, mm. it, have you examined it? Yeah. Never examined it, but you're so clear. How come? You say that, okay, if I kill all these innocent people, then I will go to heaven. Right. Okay, so how do you know that? So examine thoughts. Now, why examine thoughts? Because your life is your thought. So please examine them. Every wrong thought that you have had, you are paying for. By You're paying for it with failure or with agitation or discomfort or whatever. Paying for it. So you have all this junk in the head. Please have a look at it. Yeah. All of it is not junk. Yeah. It's like it's like a, there's a mansion. Yeah. Okay, it's a beautiful mansion, but nobody's ever cleaned it. So there is lots of great stuff and there's lots of rubbish stuff. And if you don't throw the rubbish stuff out, the great stuff is never going to do anything great for you. It's never going to give you a pretty mansion because it's there, because all the rubbish is covering it. So we, I need to know for myself, what is the nonsense in my head? Throw it out. What is a wonderful thing? Keep it there. So that's what this book is about. Brilliant. So how do you how do you decide which is the nonsense stuff and which is the stuff worth keeping? And, and this book is available on Amazon and other books. Uh, yes. Yes. Kindle, Amazon. Yes. Okay. You 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 speak to a lot of leaders, and this is the next two two, two questions are very close to me as well. You speak to a lot of leaders, and and, and you know different levels, middle management to senior management to CEOs. What is the one message um, you give them, uh, Janki? Irrespective of what they have called you for. Irrespective of what they have called you for. Yeah, the most important thing a human being can do in life is sharpen his intellect. Wow. So intellect must be understood. What is that intellect? It's not merely collection of information. It's not intelligence. We don't want to compete with Google. Correct. We can't. And we don't need to. Yeah. Uh, our ability is in having an intellect. Intellect means our capacity to govern our own mind, our capacity to apply the knowledge we have. A computer can have a lot of intelligence. It can have a lot of information stored on its hard disk. Okay, let's say the computer has the entire information on firefighting on its hard disk. Right. It's got the whole plan there. But if a fire actually starts, the computer will perish in it. So, so this is what is becoming to us humans. We have all the knowledge in the world, but we don't seem to be able to use any of it. So we need an intellect to use the knowledge, to gain knowledge, to use it, and to control our mind. It's a nice definition of intellect. I think people have misunderstood the definition of intellect, actually. Yes, we are going around collecting information. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to help you unless you know how to digest that information. Right. It just causes, you know, sort of mental diarrhea, as it were. You go on spouting that information out to the first person you see. Yeah, out of context, usually. You know, and and now I want to take you to the other end of the spectrum, where Generation Y or the younger generation or the leaders, you know, they struggle with typical problems like you have peer pressure, you have anxiety, and um, Unlike the olden days, you have a lot of social media challenges. What's your advice to them? If you are suddenly asked to speak to 1,000 students, for example. Uh, th uh, yeah, I mean, depends on their age, of course, but the primary uh, lesson that every human being needs to gain is please learn to use your head. 
Because if you don't learn to use your head, you could be the king, but you will be in the forest like Yudhishthira. That's the story of Yudhishthira, right? He was the king, but he spent his whole life in the forest. And had not Krishna been there, he would have died in the forest. Mm -hmm. A good man, a, a God's good man, genuinely good man, but he doesn't operate on the intellect. So therefore he suffers. Krishna, on the other hand, also a genuinely good man, an enlightened soul, but operates on his intellect. That's why he can set everything right. You actually gave the same answer for both the questions, and I'm just thinking, wow. <laughs> so a generation Y and a leader needs to actually operate on their intellect. Right. That's, that's a human being, right? Wow. A, a, a being who operates on his intellect. The animals are supposed to operate on their minds, and that's fine for them. Yeah. Because they're programmed. Even though they're functioning on the mind, they're programmed to do things correctly. We have been given an intellect, so we've not been programmed. You know, you don't see a lion with long nails. He doesn't have to cut his nails. Yeah. You don't, yeah. you know, he doesn't have to worry about cut, getting a haircut. Because everything in his life is fixed. In our life, it's not fixed. We've been given choice. And if you, when you've been given choice, you've been given the intellect. So if you don't use your intellect for your choices, then you're worse than the animal because the animal is protected by the fact that he's programmed. So, you know, animals are completely disciplined. Human beings can't be. They have to be trained. Wow. wow. You know, nowhere in the jungle you see a fat animal or a thin animal. You don't see them. They're just fine. They're doing fine. They go wrong, of course, when human influence comes, but by themselves, they're perfectly fine. And, and this is so, so interesting you say this because we, we did have the <clears throat> good fortune of spending some time in Zimbabwe uh, and uh, obviously going on one of those famed safaris. And, and yeah, so jungle has a life of its own. They have a law of their own. And the guy, the guide, guide was telling us, he said, we don't interfere. Yeah. So he said, and, and then he explained the whole cycle to us. And, and I said, wow, so nature really... People call it God, people call it whatever. Somebody has clearly taken care of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Very but we are, not, we are not taken care of. We are given the intellect to take care of ourselves. So we better get that going. Uh, true. True. Three decades, uh, and, and this question is specifically to you uh, from a different angle. And the reason is you are very mature. You have elevated... Uh, your thoughts and, and you know, the way you look at things, very different from a normal person, uh, Janki Ji. Uh, what, and there, is, and there is a lot that's happened, uh, not only um, in, uh, in the last five, six months of all of us, across uh, segments have been impacted. Even in the last three decades, there have been a lot of things that have not been so good on the economy, on us as individuals, on people, on communities. What gives you hope? <laughs> Because human beings have an intellect that gives hope. They were born with it, just as they were born with the ability to speak. Okay. Now, since we learned language, we can speak language, and we didn't learn how to use our intellect, so our intellect is lying fallow, as it were. Okay. But there is Vedanta, there is the intellect. If we can get these two together, this planet will, I don't know where, we, not the moon and Mars, but we could get anywhere. So we have the intellect, every human being has the, here's the knowledge of Vedanta, if people knew it. Or even if you don't know it, but you start thinking on your own, you'll still find the same truths. So 
either study Vedanta or think on your own. Either way, you will reach the same truth. All the great people thought on their own, right? If you read the works of, say, Wordsworth or something, you see Vedanta in it. You see, read Shakespeare, you see Vedanta in it. So then they got it, right? Nobody told them, yet they got it. So obviously we are all capable of getting it on our own. So let the situation get very bad and somebody is going to start thinking some more. Right. It's an unfortunate thing that we wait for the situation to get bad. We should actually prevent bad situations. But since we aren't doing that, situations will get very bad. And when they do get bad, people, you see, you have started asking, right? So people have started asking. Yeah. Now, so here's where we turn. As soon as people start asking, they start using their head a little and say, why, why? Why is this happening? What can we do about it? Even in this COVID times, some people have spent their time grumbling. Some people have used this time productively. Some yeah. people have gone further towards their goals. Some people have stagnated. So it's not so much a situation, but what you're making out of that situation. So once you start thinking, okay, this is very bad. Everything is very bad. Greed is overtaken. Business has become a bad word. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy to say business is a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. All progress is happening because of business. And yet business is a bad word. I heard on television, uh, you know, sir, there was a lady talking about uh, uh, how bad the health scene is. And her way of talking about it was saying, you know, this is a so many billion dollar business and that is a so many billion dollar business. Like, isn't that good if it's so many billion dollars? I mean, that's giving people jobs and yeah, yeah. talking about it as if it's a bad thing. Okay. It's a great thing. But then why did it become bad? Because people have forgotten that the business was meant to serve people's needs. And not they thought business is meant for getting a higher and higher bottom line, even yeah. if everybody else dies because of it. Now, if you do that, then of course, like look at how they pollute the waters, how they, they actually say, they did, they, they ran studies to show why cigarettes are good for you or why the colas are good for you. They, they had published studies showing that. Really? They do stuff like that, really? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, when you have the money, you buy whatever you want. So <laughs> if you behave like this, then money becomes a bad word. But actually money is a good word because if we had enough money, we'd, we'd feed all our people, right? So, so why is money a bad word or why is business a bad word? But now people are doing all this nonsense. So things are going to go bad worse, 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 worse until somebody says, what's happening? And then they start questioning. And then once that questioning starts and people start waking up a little bit, it has to come up. So um, the, the worse it gets, actually, the better it's going to get. You know, and, and I'm just tempted to tell you this. Can you influence our educational institutions to actually include Vedanta as a, as a subject or a, or a one-hour session at least in a, in a year? Can that be done? Your, well, I would say that just like the three R's, Vedanta has to be in there. Yeah. A student cannot come out of education yeah. without knowing it. Absolutely. So, well, I'd love to be part of the new education policy, but at the moment it all seems to be going pretty slowly. Nothing yeah. seems to be happening there. 
So, mm-hmm. but if you can get it in in the right way, okay, not in the wrong way, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. divested of all dogmatic outgrowths. We're teaching people to think. We're not teaching people to believe, to follow, to be conditioned. That's yeah. not what we're teaching. We're teaching you to think. So, if you can get that and communicate it, that'd be great. Right. But there is an issue there. Who is to teach this? Yeah. Come so back. the people who teach have to be have that character themselves. So yeah. how many of those are there? Correct. So there's a little problem here. True. Very true. Very true. Uh, that's true. You know, um, you. I'm sure you read a lot of books, uh, Janki Jain. If I were to ask you, tough one, but if I were to ask you to name your favorite book, what would that be? The most useful book. Your Is favorite that your question. Your favorite? No, your favorite book. My favorite book. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Like a million Whatever books. way you ask the question, my answer will have to be the same. It's going to be Vedanta Treatise because uh-huh. it has the entire knowledge of life. Okay. I mean, there are books I read, just uh, stupid books to yeah. take my mind off studies. I'm not about that. But if there was any one book that the whole planet should read. It would be Vedanta Treatise by A. Parthasarathy. Okay. Wow. You actually answered two of my questions with one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and why do you say that, Jankiji? Uh, why do you say this? Because it has the whole knowledge of Vedanta in a systematic way from the beginning to the end, starting with the assumption that you don't know anything, Brilliant. and then building up to the very end of Vedanta. The whole thing, systematically, quote, graded, you know, from the easy stuff to the more difficult stuff, you don't start with karma and things like that, birth and death and all that you don't start with. You start with basics of life and then you go. If you start with karma and reincarnation, definitely it all just goes into superstition and, you know, sort of. You need to be trained to think to be able to understand such concepts without converting it into superstition. So uh, it's graded and it's in contemporary language. Oh. And if you understood this, if you understand that book, you'll understand every religion. Awesome. So if, before reading any religious text, Gita or Quran or Bible or Dhammapada or Gathas or any religious text, um, have a look at that one so that, you know, you sort of put in the right thinking mold before you go there. And, and all the books say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we can see it, but uh, some people read different things in it. So, so maybe <laughs> book should find its way into every library in school. I don't know. I mean, yes, it should find its way in every home, and more than in every home in everyone's head. I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll need to make some systemic changes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get into a little bit of a lighter thing here. The questions are not light, but uh, kind of a rapid fire or. A hot seat, if you may. Uh, uh, so I'm going to ask. Okay, I'll try. Yeah, all right. So, uh, Vedanta is the knowledge of life. Knowledge of life. Okay. God is your own self. Adi Shankara. Happiness is absence of desire. Wow. <laughs> I have to be reborn. <laughs> <laughs> Successes? Achievement of objective. Okay. Emotion is? A modification of desire. A modification of desire. Consciously. 
sorry no you said modification of desire consciously is what you mean no no not consciously uh, when you want something and you get it you get the emotion of happiness if somebody interrupts that desire then you get the emotion of anger if you get what you want then you want more and that's greed if somebody else gets what you want then that's jealousy so all these emotions are nothing but modification of desire brilliant this is awesome janki ji it's i i you know i i must let me confess now i came for this talk fully prepared and a little nervous that my god i'm speaking to somebody who's very deep into into a subject that while i may claim to know but it's probably obviously at a superficial level enough to use it in my life and and maybe make a difference and here you have uh, demystified and simplified the whole thing and i'm saying well it's not so bad after all you know <laughs> i just listen to basic fear and there but uh, really been very very and clearly you are absolutely in the right profession you have taken the right line and and swami ji will be very proud of you i am sure you know uh, so brilliant uh, you you demystified the whole thing so beautifully and uh, uh, no i i didn't find any answer of yours heavy at all uh, your uh, and i'm sure your lectures and your your teaching i even heard the uh, and you spoke the same so the other day you had a conversation with uh, gurucharan das and r gopalakrishnan and and you spoke the same and that was a very very but that is obviously a different level uh, but then you spoke uh, in a similar way in the other day and and i thought today is going to get heavy so but uh, it's exactly the same so that's brilliant i want to thank you for uh, coming to the studio and speaking to us uh, janki ji it's it's really a pleasure speaking to you and i've learned a lot um, uh, yeah we have these online study classes of vedanta thursday friday saturday sunday so maybe maybe people can so before you sign off can you tell people where they can come um, to listen to or or uh, delve deeper into the knowledge or take a spoon of it and have it for themselves please um well uh, we have these facebook pages uh, on which these uh, are live stream we also do it on zoom the facebook pages are vedanta institute mumbai and also how do you know what you know okay and uh, these it's live stream the classes and they're also on zoom so people who want to ask questions and all that come on zoom those who want to just listen awesome. uh, listen on fb uh, live streaming it's also live streamed on youtube channel team janki santo and on our instagram page mm-hmm. uh, dr janki vedanta and uh, all these details is impossible to remember so if you can remember my name then you go www.janki.santok.com and all the details are there awesome awesome any last message for the listeners what uh, swami ji always has said uh, learn two important things in life don't take anything for granted and question everything thank you janki ji on that note thank you very much it was it was real an elevated conversation with you thank you so much hari om hari om